The Money Show. The Big Issue. Welcome to The Money Show. It's brought to you by the Old Mutual Investment Group. Do great things. The big issue this evening is the way in which our lives are changing, whether we know it or not. But do uh, try and tell me that if you are interested in the Oscar case, you've not been glued to at least some kind of device um, which has given you live Twitter feeds of the people you follow who may or may not be in court. If you're following Barry Bateman, for example, you want to know exactly what he thinks or the guys from Sky. The world is terribly interested with what's going on in the... Oscar Pistorius trial and access to information has changed the way in which technology works. It changed the way in which we consume that information and we continue to feed the monster. But it is all about how the, the social media is changing our world. We've got the elections coming up and elections are so far on the back burner right now because of this Oscar Pistorius trial. It's going to be fascinating when we are hit with the full election swing. Chris Buerta, Managing Director of the Media Shop. How are the uh, particularly the mobile devices that we carry around in our pockets, we carry them around in our handbags, um, changing the way in which we interact with the world, Chris Porter. Massively, massively, Bruce. I mean, so much so that Facebook went and paid $19 billion for WhatsApp. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think the, the, mobile, the mobile device is absolutely massive, and its integration, its seamless integration with social media, so much so. Uh, I mean, Facebook as an example. Facebook's sitting with just over, well, estimated just over 10 million users in South Africa, of which the vast majority accessed via their cell phone. So, so, so mobile is a key, key, key to social media at the moment and its integration for, uh, with society. Uh, we talk about how it's changing our world. Give me a sense of it, how it is changing certainly the world uh, of the people with whom you interact professionally and uh, I suppose personally as well, Chris Potter. I think well, there, there's, a, there's a couple of ways in which it's changed the world. I mean, for, obviously from a business perspective, all of a sudden, uh, brands need to become aware of the voice that a consumer has. Um, the little guy, you know, I think a couple of years ago, if, if you said that there's a soft drink brand called Frankie's and a big brand called Woolworth, uh, Frankie's would probably not have that much of a platform to shout from uh, until the social media gets hold of it, you know, until social media starts giving, pe- giving people and consumers a voice. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a guy who lives, a little guy, he's about 18 years old, called Casper Lee, who lives, uh, I think he lives in Port Elizabeth. He's got a million followers yeah. on Twitter. And it just shows you every man and his dog can grow their following. Uh, and it, so it gives you, so first of all, from a, from a, from a, from a cha- world change perspective, from a business perspective, all of a sudden, uh, we need to be aware of the fact that everybody's got a voice. Uh, and I think also from a, from a, from a news perspective, uh, it's got a big impact on our business as well. Uh, all of a sudden, print is no longer the platform where news gets broken. Uh, I think the Oscar Pastoria story, uh, we go back to the flight 1549 that landed in the Hudson River. So many news stories nowadays get broken on social media. Um, I think it's, it's fundamentally changed the way we do our business. And obviously from an advertising perspective and from a media perspective, we've seen, we've seen big, big, big volumes of money being, uh, being shifted towards social media uh, because brands like Coca-Cola understand that they, they need to spend a lot of money on social media uh, because that's where consumers are at and that's where they get to speak with, with consumers. I mean, Coca-Cola globally has got 80 million likes on Facebook. Uh, so it's, it's fundamentally changed our business. Uh, it, it most certainly has. I'm just interested in Casper Lee more than anything else. Who is this Port Elizabeth youngster who has half the world following him? 
he's trying to find, believe it or not, is that he's, uh, how can I put this politely, he's a lookalike of Justin Bieber, let's put it that way. Uh, and he, he actually built his social media profile on uh, on YouTube. Uh, so he started by making videos, and he made them quite professionally on YouTube. Um, and what he did is every afternoon when he came back from school, he'd set up his uh, camera and set up his lights, uh, and he'd talk about One Direction, and he'd talk about his day at school, and he'd talk about uh, whatever other 17, 18-year-old boys and girls like to talk about, uh, and posted it onto YouTube and got an enormous following. Uh, and now he is South Africa's biggest YouTube uh, YouTube personality. Uh, he's got an excess of a million subscribers to his YouTube channel. Um, and girls all over the world subscribe to him to hear what he's got to say about One Direction and about life in general. And that's obviously flowed over into him having a big Twitter following in terms of him having a big Facebook fan base as well. So uh, and that came from a boy with uh, that's, like I said, 18 years old and has just built up a profile for himself out of nothing. Uh, and, and then he posts pictures of himself sharing dessert with his grandmother and girls go, oh, what is the what is the value of somebody like a Casper Lee who has got 1.22 million followers on Twitter as of this moment? It may be 1.23 by the time we finished um, uh, because they do tend to these things do tend to get a life of their own. Does he have a particular monetary value, this youngster? Well, um, uh, more and more, uh, because social media is in essence such a young thing still. I mean, if you think about uh, things like Facebook and Twitter are all less than 10 years old, we, we, we're still feeling our way around it. So if the question is, is Casper Lee making money off social media? The answer is yes, because uh, he's, where we'd make money is off his YouTube channel. So uh, YouTube, as you know, if you go onto YouTube and you want to watch a video, uh, there's a little five-second pre-roll that plays, uh, sure. and then there's an ad that plays. Um, so what once you start gaining sufficient gravitas and you get and you get enough enough videos up with enough views, uh, YouTube starts uh, approach you to become a YouTube partner, and then you can start making advertising revenue from uh, from YouTube placing ads on your on your on, on your on your feed. Obviously, it depends on on how many people view your view your ads, etc. But you can start making money, and that's how I mean the guy like Sai, uh, who brought out the absolutely Young style a yeah. couple of years ago, last year brought out Gentleman. Uh, you know, makes that that's basically how the man makes money is by getting people to watch his watch his watch his feed on YouTube. So Casper Lee would make money off YouTube. Uh, I think a second area that 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 we're finding nowadays more and more is that us as advertisers are now approaching the likes of Casper Lee, who has got a massive following, and similar to how you would get a celebrity to endorse a product on radio, print, or television, we can now get the likes of a Casper Lee to endorse a product on social media. So as an example, on, on one of his YouTube videos, he could be talking about his new favorite gum, uh, which is Beaches, or his new Absolutely, yeah. favorite lip ice, whatever the case may be. So uh, it, it is gaining value, uh, and they are starting to, there, there, there is more money being pumped into it. And when it comes to things like elections, I mean, we've, we've gone from Oscar to the youngsters who are doing very well, and I've interviewed the guy uh, from Pretoria who puts up exercise videos and makes himself 60 or 70,000 rand every month and, uh, for doing five minutes work a day effectively yeah. as he pops up his, his latest music video um, but what about things like elections do uh, we, we know that the Americans have been terribly active on on social media in South Africa are uh, is social media a game changer uh, it's gaining so much traction. I mean, really, uh, if, if we st- when we start talking about social media and, and elections, it all started, of course, with Barack Obama. Um, you know, when, when, when he started and he created his, the website called BarackObama.com and he got Chris Hughes, which is one of the founders of Facebook, uh, to actually run and manage his social media and, and, and his website for him. Um, 
now in South Africa, it is starting to gain traction. Uh, if I can give you an example, if you look at the likes, let's look at the ANC as an example. They've got 100,000 Twitter followers, 60,000 likes on Facebook, which, again, puts them comparable with a, with, with a lot of big brands. Um, and obviously, from a, from if you, if you look at our president, President Zuma, he's got 312,000 followers on Twitter. So it, it, it is starting to, ga- to, to gain uh, a bit of gravitas. I think what's, what's interesting for me is how the two smaller parties, the EFF and, and the DA, have done a fantastic job, and not just in their own private capacity. So, I mean, the DA has got 60,000 likes on Facebook and Twitter, but Helen Ziller has got nearly 400,000 followers on Twitter. Uh, and again, it's that whole voting for a personality versus voting for a party. Judith but Malema, is that because of the demographics of Twitter, perhaps? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But to maybe as a, as, a, as a contrary to your point, uh, if you look at a guy like Julius Malema, who was a couple of years ago, was very controversially said that he would shut down Twitter in South Africa. He now has 420,000 <laughs> followers on Twitter. He's got more followers than Jacob Zuma and Ellen Ziller. Um, so, so it is, uh, uh, I think the, the profile of social media is changing as well. You know, it's not just, uh, if I can use advertising speak, Alice from 8 to 10. Yeah. It is now the middle to lower end of the market as well. You know, with things like BlackBerry data is available to everybody. So social media is growing growing and growing. I mean, if Facebook with 10 million users, that's not just, there's not, it's not the upper end of the market. The upper end of the market is part of that, but it's the middle end of the, even the lower end of the market that's now getting access to social media as well. Uh, and is it, but is it, I mean, it's all very impressive to have, you know, 400,000 followers. Does it make a difference to the outcome of the election in South Africa yet? Yet, I would say... <laughs> Yes and no. Uh, so no, because if you think about uh, a couple of hundred thousand people in the context, uh, in the context of call it 30 odd million adults, it, it is actually still small. I do, however, think that people who follow the likes of Helen Zeller, people who follow the likes of Julius Malema, are a specific type of people. I think it is people who have a higher interest in politics uh, and have a high interest in those personalities uh, and therefore might become opinion leaders uh, to their friends uh, and, and, and sway decisions in that way as well. So I think as it stands at the moment, it is relatively small. But remember, for all of the, for, for, Jacob, for Jacob Zuma, for Helen Zeller, for Julius Malema, for all of those people, there's no cost involved with it. Literally, it is, uh, it's an account that they manage, and it's theirs to manage as, uh, as, 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 as interestingly or as excitingly as they tweet or post on Facebook. The more followers they will get, and the, the more people they can talk to on a day-to-day basis for free. Uh, and let's not forget about Mixit in South Africa, which is, which is uh, our very own social, social network that is still doing well. And, and again, you, you look at the political parties, even the IEC themselves, um, that use Mixit very, very effectively to talk to, talk to, their, uh, to, talk to their user base. And I, th- I think lastly, it gives, them, it gives them access to a younger user base as well, especially if you look at the likes of Mixit. Uh, the IEC has got nearly 300,000 uh, um, follow, follow, okay. or subscribers to their Mixit channel. And that is a very, very tough target market to talk to. I mean, it's, it's well known that the, young, that the young market is very uh, apathetic towards voting. Now, now you're approaching them, speaking to them in a language that they understand. And the youth is the future for South Africa. Chris Berta, Managing Director of the Media Shop. I don't know where he gets it all from, but it's in his head, and he then communicates it very clearly and beautifully on The Money Show this evening. Thank you, Managing Director of uh, the Money uh, of the Media Shop uh, on The Money Show. Got to get that right. This is interesting. It's amazing, says somebody on the SMS line, how the world has dumbed down. How many characters is that? No, I'm joking. Uh, Arthur Goldstock, uh, the Managing Director of Worldwide Works. Is the world dumbed down, Arthur, or are we connected better and more efficiently and more effectively than we ever have before, he said leadingly. <laughs> Good evening, Bruce. A bit of both, because we are so 
well connected and better connected than ever before. We're now more aware than ever before of just how dumb the world is. So the world hasn't dumbed down. It's become obvious how dumbed down it always has been. The ancients left us the pyramids. The Dark Ages left us the cathedrals and castles. What are we leaving for generations to come? The internet and survivor. Twitter and Facebook, Bruce. The ultimate way of sharing and keeping up with the news. Um, Are those going to be be monuments that last a thousand years? No, sadly they won't, because ten years from now there'll be something else huge that doesn't exist today. Mm. Bearing in mind Twitter has only been around since 2007 and Facebook since 2004. So uh, anyone older than ten years old is born or um, at least only those who are, who are younger than uh, 10 were born into an era where Facebook and Twitter existed. And even Google is only about 16 years old. So you can see that the next big thing in the next 10 or 20 years certainly doesn't exist today. Uh, absolutely right. I mean, when we look at it, and you've got a 150-page research report out, you've gone into the minutiae of who does what where. What are our South African habits, and how are they evolving as we go from dramatic day to dramatic day in the Oscar trial to an election on the 7th of May? What are the trends? Well, what is uh, fascinating in this uh, research, I think for me the single most significant statistic is that almost every social network or instant messaging tool or app that people access on their phones increases in penetration, in other words, the percentage of people who use it according to educational level. So as you go up the educational scale from uh, only some primary school through to standard A, through to matric, through to university degree through to postgrad, in each of those segments you find an increasing percentage of people using each of the social uh, networks. And I find that uh, very significant because what it really tells me is that the, the more educated people are, chances are the more informed they are about where they can best access information or sharing. So there are exceptions, and Mixit is a big exception, where, uh, in fact, it peaks at around... Uh, standard eight metric and then it starts falling back again it suggests it's a question of economics rather than education in fact we looked at that and when we look at uh, income levels we find that there isn't the same uh, correlation in fact uh, twitter peaks at around the five to seven and a half thousand rand a month income level and then it drops off after that and drops off uh, steadily so it's not necessarily about how much money it makes uh, how many how much money you make it's more about probably how informed you are about your options in the world uh, and so who is using which social media to do what um the, the demographics of facebook for example have changed fundamentally it's now a place where older people go to hang out well i'll tell you uh, exactly in terms of the three uh, major um, let's call them age brackets that we uh, measured in this study, under 25, 25 to 45, and 45 uh, plus. Facebook, 58, pen- 58% penetration in the under 25s, which is very high, but doesn't drop off too dramatically in the next group, 45% in the 25 to 45s. But over 45, it drops off really dramatically, only 25%. So it still hasn't really got to the oldies in as big a way as uh, the youth and uh, the, those are still in the blush of middle management. But uh, I have to say that 25% penetration of the over 45s is, in fact, very high penetration.
Uh, is it causing us to talk together in a more effective and more constructive way than we ever have before? Not going by Facebook, because when you see what people share on Facebook and how they respond to it on Facebook, you really start getting a clear picture of the collective intelligence at work. What does uh, work far better is when there is an outrage to be exposed, then it gets uh, shared and passed on and disseminated very effectively. For example, that video of the police uh, beating up that guy in Cape Town. Absolutely. And w- within a week, uh, the police were in court. Now, that wouldn't have happened without uh, social media. So in th- that sense, it does represent the best of people's public interest. But in many other ways, uh, when you see the kind of commentary around, for example, the Oscar Pistorius trial and the kind of ignorance that is shared, you see the worst at work. Is it always social? Is it always a place for the lowest common denominator to dominate? Or does it have a big, bold and money-driven future? I think the money-driven present is here with us already. When you see Facebook in particular beginning to, along with Google, dominate the world's advertising income, it's quite scary, the advertising monsters that the two have become and which Facebook is still going to uh, become as well in an even bigger way. So the money is there, but for the money to keep flowing, these guys are going to have to make sure they treat their users far better than, than they have in the past. You know, there's uh, the, the uh, old uh, saying that um, the users are actually the uh, revenue of the uh, social networks. Um, so they better look after the users and make sure that things like privacy, which they tend to have been very, um, let, let's, let's call it uh, relaxed about, is going to get tightened up a lot more in the future. Because if people start abandoning the platform in large numbers, that's going to have a very powerful knock-on effect in terms of advertising income. Arthur Goldsack, thank you very much. The Managing Director of Worldwide Works this evening on the line to us from Johannesburg. Social media, the way in which it's rocking our world, it's not going to be universally popular, but certainly it's uh, not something that's going to disappear anytime soon.